may experience him in new ways, and may your, um, your faith in him grow in, in deeper and more profound ways. I'm grateful to be back and grateful for the opportunity to preach again here. Uh, let me begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, your goodness, your kindness to us. Thank you for the truth of your word, and I pray that we are encouraged by it. Uh, remind us about yourself, how you are a God that is ever-present with us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I am going to preach uh, on a passage that is uh, familiar to you all. In fact, it might be one of the most familiar passages in Scripture. Uh, For thousands of years, people of God have received encouragement from Psalm 23. Uh, This comfort is found in recognizing that God is not distant. Whatever you are going through, you are not alone. I remember... uh, Years ago, before my family went to Taiwan, it was just a regular night, and those of you with kids have probably had a similar situation where you put your kids down to sleep, and you're trying to make it down the stairs. And then uh, one of my children started to cry, and I was like, oh, okay, time to go back up. I went back up the stairs, and I talked to my daughter, and she said, Daddy, I'm scared of the dark. Now, as a dad, what should I do? Should I just turn the light on and say, okay, just sleep with the light on? Uh, Probably not the best. I could try to negotiate with her and tell her, don't worry about the dark. Everything in the dark is just the same as everything in the light. But I don't think that type of negotiation would work. What I told her was that it's okay, I'm downstairs, and mommy's downstairs. But you know, she already knew that, but it gave her comfort. She needed to be reminded that daddy was close. And thank God it worked. Today, all I am doing is bringing a reminder Your Heavenly Father is near. Your Heavenly Father is close. You have a shepherd that will not leave you. As we grow older, we tend to exchange our fears. It'd be nice if we could just say, okay, I had fears when I was younger. I don't have them anymore. But we tend to exchange our fears of the dark for new fears. Fears that revolve around maybe money. Fears that revolve around health. Fears that revolve around uh, job situations. Family situations. There are so many people that struggle to fall asleep at night because they are burdened with all of these things going through their mind. There are so many of us that wake up in the morning and think, oh, another day. And through it all, we are so quick to forget that our Heavenly Father is close. This psalm today answers the question, 
Can I trust that God will be with me? And it answers it with a resounding yes, that he is with you. He is with you providing for you. He is here guiding you and giving comfort and peace during good times and during difficult times. Like a good shepherd, God cares for you. Uh, I believe that this psalm is so popular because this is what um, what we need to hear. I think... When we feel unconditionally loved and we feel the presence of God and we know that he is here with us, we are ready to take on the challenges of the world. I want to hear and know that God loves me. God's love for me is real and he is very present in my life. Now, as you know, my family has lived in Taiwan for about four years before returning to the U.S. for this home assignment. And what this passage teaches is so different than traditional religion in Taiwan. About 90% of Taiwan follows the traditional religion of the country, which is actually a hybrid of Buddhism and Taoism with animism and a fear of the spirit world underneath. The average person in Taiwan is very religious. Yet their religious activities are not built out of relationship with their gods. They go to the temple and they give an offering and they hope that somehow that idol will give an exchange back to them. That by going there and doing this, that idol will owe them something back. But they don't even know if the idol has the God that stands in the idol that has the power will will be able to have enough power or will even care to respond. That's why even though they go to the same temple over and over again, they're always telling the God their name and where they live. How different it is in this psalm. Another thing that's interesting about this psalm is how personal it is. There is no we, there's no us or they. But in this psalm, it is me, my, I. There are many other times where God is spoken of as shepherd of a flock, but not here. Here it is I, me, my. Psalm Psalm 79 verse 13 says, But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. Psalm 95 verse 7 says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And there are many other passages. These are all good news. But here in this psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. While this psalm is personal, It does nothing to decrease the greatness and the power of our God. But it does speak a lot about the intimacy and the closeness of who he is. I want to encourage you not to make this truth some abstract theological truth that is separated from your reality. I want you to take this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. Repeat it to yourself. Repeat it to yourself often. 
as you live your life and as you face those fears, remember this truth. The Lord is my shepherd. Make it your motto for 2017. 2017, my family will be returning to Taiwan. It's really hard to move across an ocean. It's hard to do it twice in two years. There are so many things to think about. The details, the transition after arriving, for our family starting a new, um, new, into new ministries. I need to hold this truth. The Lord is my shepherd. And as we enter into 2017, I don't know what your situation will bring you. And to be honest, you don't quite know either. But you can hold on to this truth. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a good thing that we have a shepherd. Because the Bible speaks about how we are so sheep-like. And um, a lot has been said about how, how, how dumb sheep are. You know, no, nobody has ever said, oh, sheep, they're so wonderful. Um, they just do what they're told, and then you can leave them alone. The Bible even speaks about our sheep-likeness in Isaiah 53, verse 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Part of recognizing the greatness of our shepherd is recognizing our weakness as sheep. Needy, feeble sheep. Maybe you need to give up today your desire to be your own shepherd. Maybe when troubles come and you want to manage it all and control it all, you need to give up the fact that you are not the shepherd. And you need to recognize that you have a good and loving shepherd that cares for you. It's okay to be a sheep when you know you've got a good shepherd. It's okay to be needy. It's okay to go through trials when you have a good shepherd. So let's look at this shepherd. Let's look at the actions that the shepherd takes. I will speak specifically of three things. First, he provides for our needs. Second, he guides us. And third, he protects us during difficult times. The foundation for all three of these, God's provision, his guidance, and his protection and love during difficult times is found in his presence. The fact that he is close. Let's look at the first verse. God provides for our needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. This second phrase, I shall not be in want, shows us that God's sheep will never lack what God considers is good for us. Thankfully, our good shepherd knows our needs better than we do. So, shall not be in want. Well, there might be things that you do want, but you will not be in want. Your needs will be looked after. 
God cares for your true needs. And he knows your true needs better than you do. This concept is spoken of in Philippians 4, verse 19. Here Paul writes, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. In verses 2 and 3, David writes about how God provides for the needs of his people. Let's look at these verses. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God makes his sheep lie down in green pastures and leads them beside quiet waters or still waters. As he does this, he provides rest for his people. In our busy, hectic world, we need to find calmness and a place of rest in God. Our God is a rest-giving God. And I believe there is a rest that is from God that we cannot get from this world. Vacations don't necessarily give rest. I learned this this last week. We went on um, a trip, wonderful trip, to visit family in Seattle first and then Vancouver, Canada, getting sick along the way and having big, full experiences. It was wonderful, but it was far from restful. In fact, we have been sleeping longer um, since we've returned than I think at any time that I can remember. Uh, There is a rest that is found in God that is not found in our vacations and is not found in our experiences. One thing that's interesting with Jesus is when people came to him and they were worn out and they were weary, he didn't say, try harder. He didn't push them right away back out. It was Jesus who said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I need to hear this. I need to recognize that our God is a rest-giving God, and he is a God that allows us to lie down in green pastures and to go to still waters. God will provide what you need, and as he does so, you can find your rest in him. The green meadows and the still waters are places where sheep can be nourished and find peace. They are places of comfort. The comfort and peace that God gives is so great that it provides healing and restoration. So God provides. Secondly, God, as your great shepherd, guides you. As God's sheep, you are provided and cared for so that you are able to have the strength to walk the path that God has given to you. It says, uh, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, when I taught high school, before going to Taiwan, 
I taught high school at a Christian, uh, taught Bible at a Christian high school. And it's interesting how everybody wants to be led by God. Young people, they come to the Bible teacher and somehow expect me to have some supernatural insight into what they should do with their life. They want to be led by God, but they don't want to necessarily follow down paths of righteousness. So when they come with questions, their questions were often, well, the most common is, uh, what college should I go to? Like I should have some kind of direct line to God to say, oh, this is the college um, that he told me you should go to. And they would kind of look at me confused when I said, oh, it's not really that big a deal which college you go to. My bigger concern is, are you following God when you get to college? I said, God's will for your life is for you to follow him. And they're like, okay, okay, Mr. Jansen, but where should I go to school? Okay, I understand. There's a lot of things they're working through. And I don't want to take that away from them and say that doesn't matter as much as it doesn't matter as much. Are you being faithful? And God guides down this path, the path of righteousness. Uh, it's, it's interesting, not just for, for them, but for all of us. We're so, so prone to look ahead and say, what is the next choice? Where do I have to go now? Instead of looking up and saying, God, let me follow you faithfully. He will be faithful to lead us where we are supposed to go as we follow in paths of righteousness. And why? Well, look at the motivation for him guiding us. It says, for his namesake. If there is ever a great motivation for God to do something, it is for his namesake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. This shows that God is acting out of loyalty to both his character and his promises. He will not abandon his sheep. He will be faithful in guiding them. God's goodness is shown to you as he guides you. Uh, So the first two are God provides and he guides. Third, God is present through difficult times in your life. Your good shepherd is your protector. Follow along as I read verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, as I read this, I would prefer if it said, even though I walk around the valley of the shadow of death. Or, if it had to be, I'd I'd prefer maybe if it said, even though I walk through the valley of slightly uncomfortable feelings. Or maybe even, even though I stand over here and I can see the valley of the shadow of death and other people are going through it, I am grateful that God has not put me there. The valley of the shadow of death. I'd rather stay at the still waters, thank you very much. This does not sound, a place, sound like a place anybody should go. 
Yet this is sometimes a place where you will go. And it's sometimes a place that you will need to go. Interestingly, I believe that the valley of the shadow of death is as much of a place of God's presence as the still waters and the green pastures. The Christian life is not easy. In fact, no life is easy. And while there can be amazing times in peaceful meadows, there are often challenging times spent in the valley of the shadow of death. Most important to remember is God is still present. In the valleys, there are trials and temptations that can develop character and can grow us in our walk with God. It is also in the valleys that we are most prone to fear. How should you respond to this fear when you are in these valleys? Know that the shepherd is with you. Know that the shepherd is with you. He is the one that protects the sheep and calms their nerves. When it comes to suffering, I've heard that there are three kinds of people. Those who will suffer, those who are suffering, and those who have suffered. We all go through the valley. And yet, as we go through it, remember that your good shepherd is with you. Uh, Sometimes the valley of the shadow of death is actually when you do face death. Or when a loved one faced death. My family had been in Taiwan less than a month when we received a phone call that my wife's mother had stage four lung cancer. Uh, it's hard to actually even express in words how, how challenging that is when you've just started life overseas. Uh, we, we stayed in Taiwan for six months uh, before coming back for three months compassion leave. By God's grace, uh, my mother-in-law was given experimental drug, uh, which that, I think, us coming home and God strengthening her, we were able to go out and spend time with her as she, um, as she gained strength. That was, um, and also, actually, to share that her, God seemed to be giving her a peace, too, as she went through the valley of shadow of death. It was a very difficult time filled with sorrow and filled with the presence of God. After three months, we, um, we returned to Taiwan. And uh, 10 days later, my, my mother-in-law passed away. Uh, her valley of the shadow of death, she went through it and um, and showed great strength and dignity as she went through it and entered into eternal life with God himself. Uh, on the night she passed away, my, my wife and I bought a plane ticket to return, or for, for Faith to return to the U.S. to join her family, to assist them, and also to help with the funeral. Uh, we didn't know how Faith would get to the airport because we had bought the ticket quickly at night and um, the airport was about two hours away, and we didn't have a car in Taiwan, and we were still adjusting to life. We called a missionary that's been a great support to us, and we said, Faith's mother has now passed away. 
she needs to go back to the U.S. And this, and we bought the ticket, and she's flying out tonight. And that missionary said, "What time?" We told her the time, and she said, uh, "My flight to Germany is five minutes after that flight. She can come with me." And so, as our family went through the, this shadow, valley of the shadow of death, we had great encouragement. Um, in this situation, that this missionary was able to help Faith and take her up to the airport. Uh, it was another way of God showing that he was with us. I think that this verse here is powerful because at least it gives us the hope with the word through as well. It doesn't say that you linger in the valley of the shadow of death through, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death. Your security in life is not found in your situations. Whether you are by the still waters or whether you are going through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you. And his presence is what gives you comfort. While this psalm teaches us that the Lord is our shepherd, in the New Testament, Jesus takes this term shepherd and in a beautiful way applies it to himself. In John 10, verses 14 and 15, Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Do you see the comparison that is given in these verses. Jesus compares the way that he knows the sheep and how they know him to how the father knows him and he knows the father. That is the closeness of this relationship. Let me read it again. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. What a depth of closeness in relationship. Jesus couldn't have used anything more profound to explain how closely related and connected we are. Jesus then goes on to describe what he does for the sheep. He lays down his life. It is because of what Jesus did as our good shepherd that we are allowed to be in this relationship with God. Jesus went to the cross and carried the sins of his sheep. This relationship is eternal, but it starts here and now. When Jesus is our Savior, we find the comfort that comes from being in this relationship with God. Peace in this world is because of God's presence with us, not because of our circumstances. So this year... 2017, here's your motto, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, Whatever you face, good times and difficult times, hold on to this truth through this year. Whether you're in the um, still waters and the nice peaceful meadows, Whether you go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you. 
God is big and powerful. He's the God of the universe. He's the creator of the world. He is your shepherd. The strength and power of God, the tenderness, the closeness of God. This is our God. Look to your shepherd today. Find hope and joy in him. Let me pray. Father, we are so quick to forget. We are so quick to forget that you are not just involved in this world. You are involved in our world, our lives, our situations. You are a God that cares for us, that is with us at all times. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that he laid down his life for the sheep, for us, for me, that he willingly went to the cross and rose again so that we can be in this relationship. Through this year, allow us to remember that you are our good shepherd. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.